Welcome to the Take 92 Podcast. My name is Sammy Warmhands. I'm your host. And today I'm doing a video episode, which I've never done, as a follow-up to an old YouTube video called Take 92 Tone School. Now, we did Volume 1, Bass Tone, specifically for punk rock, and I have yet to do a follow-up episode. That was like 10 years ago. And I've always wanted to, I just never really had the time. So now I'm making the time and I'm wrapping it into the Take 92 podcast. I did a visual one here for anybody who wanted to actually see what I was talking about in terms of guitar playing. I want this episode to be about arrangement. The biggest thing in my band, Dead Fucking Serious, is we use simple ideas, no crazy complex, you know, propagandi riffs or anything, but we have clever arrangements. So uh, I'm going to show you a few examples from the new album Peril by my band Dead Fucking Serious. The idea here is how to write a song with two riffs, okay? Whole song with only two riffs. And without repeating yourself, that is the key, is uh, in DFS, if you have to repeat a part, you never do it the same way. Um, and it keeps the listener engaged, it keeps the song moving along, and you know that's why all of our songs are fairly short, uh, but uh, there still is enough familiarity, there are callbacks, things like this that we're gonna talk about. So, here we go. The first song I wanna go through is Never Again. Now, there's essentially two parts to this song. There's the verse. Really, really easy. It's just that. And then there's an intro that we use a few different ways in the song. In the beginning of the song, we just play those things straight. Notice how we use the intro again as a callback. Now, I talked about not repeating anything. We have a verse where the same riff plays four times. Now, each time, it's going to be changing from the previous time you heard it. We play it straight. 
play it palm muted. And then we separate it with the callback. And then we hear the version that is just drums and bass. And we cut it off. So the idea there is, I mean, the song is about a school shooting. It's a feeling of panic and complete loss of control. And so if the ground keeps moving underneath the vocal, uh, then it kind of adds to the intensity of that feeling that we're talking about. It kind of tries to put you in that moment a little bit more. Now, here we have a tempo change, another great tool when you're trying to not repeat yourself and keep the song charging forward. So at first we just let it ring out. And then we introduce a new riff. But if you listen to it closely, it's actually not a different riff. Check it out. We're using the exact same chords, the same positions, same order from the intro of the song. Uh, and we're just incorporating that into a full riff. So we're using that part. But we've turned that into uh, a new kind of groove within the song. We're going. All right, now from here, we're going to reintroduce the vocal. And to do that, we're gonna play the original three chords from the first verse of the song. But we're doing so at this new tempo, okay? Now here, there's a little tail on there. The fun part about this is that the tail on this verse is the same thing that begins the previous riff. So when you first hear the fast riff come in after we ring out with the feedback, then it's gonna go. And when the vocal comes in, that intro of it becomes the tail of it. And I don't know if you're seeing where I'm going with this, but, um, the idea is we can start with that fast riff, we introduce the vocal. Then as we're coming out of that riff, much like in the original verse where we say, you got the answers, but you weren't there, and we cut the music, now we can also cut short this riff because the tail starts the next part. Okay, see if you can follow along here.
So we cut the fourth part. Uh, so we're going. We cut off what would be there uh, in order to start the section over. Because if we just kept playing it, it would go like. Doesn't make any sense. So uh, again, this was kind of created with the intention of cutting that short and looping back into it. So I thought that was a really fun way to end the song and then also uh, hitting that. Which I thought was fun. So the whole song has uh, a lot of changes in a very short time, but enough uh, similarity, enough repetition of small things to glue the whole thing together. All right. Now there is another good example of this is the song, all the rage. I took one of my favorite riffs from probably my favorite band, Creeping Death by Metallica. Okay, so I took that and uh, I repurposed those chords into a completely different context and the result is the main riff in All the Rage. All right, so in another way, I chose to nod to Metallica because they are masterful with arrangements. Regardless if you like their style, they have an amazing way of putting together uh, hundreds of riffs that they come up with for each record into these really epic songs. Now, I thought with DFS, we have very, very short songs, but we use a lot of the same techniques. So I wanted to... Uh, apply a literal uh, Metallica part and, uh, and kind of give homage to the way that they chop up their songs. So we're going to hear that riff that I just played in three different ways, all by the time the vocals start. Okay. It's a very, very short, accelerated version of this kind of stuff. Okay. So here we have the intro of the song, which is on bass, but I'm going to play on guitar. It just repeats the first two chords over and over, kind of give you that uh, frantic energy. All right, so there, you know, we hit the little dissonant chord and the drums uh, start to come in. And uh, as we're playing over the toms, it sort of sounds like behind the feedback, it's just repeating that same two note pattern. But what it's actually doing is playing another uh, evolution of the riff. So we're going. Yeah. 
All right. So again, we're never quite letting it resolve. And then right there is where, you know, the full band, the vocals and everything begin. So here, when the vocals come in, we're going to finally get the full evolution of that riff as it was intended, but we're going to cut it prematurely as a foreshadowing to the chords that we're going to use in the chorus. Okay, and so we're going to cut off this main riff that we're finally playing the full part of with the with going all the way up to this G chord. So we're gonna go like this. So we're just doing that little thing which kind of mirrors the original. Same chords. All right, so from here we go into the chorus, uh, which is very straightforward, I think. One of the techniques that we used on this album to make it more interesting and feel more like our live shows when you see us on tour is we rehearse all the songs in medleys just like we would perform them so that it's non-stop and so coming out of this song um, those chords actually ramp up instead of going Uh, if you just follow chromatically the end of that riff, it wants to land on the A. So we actually go into the song Choke uh, by, by immediately starting the song going. So it was kind of a fun way to uh, weave the songs together. Those were the only two songs on the record in standard tuning. And so uh, it, it was really important the order in which we chose to put them. And once I found that they really flow uh, perfectly into each other, you know, the tempos are completely different. But when all the instruments drop away and it's just the guitar writing that A chord, it actually works pretty well. Check it out. So, Maga Man is the last song on Peril. It's our latest single, and I think it's another good example of really interesting arrangement that repeats, but it keeps moving. We change things early, and uh, I think it's a good example of how to repeat parts without playing the same thing. Yeah. 
the beginning riff of the song is kind of hard to hear through all the distortion, as I've learned through our bass players who've had to learn it. So I'm going to show you slow with single notes how it breaks down. So we use this uh, as a kind of main riff to the song. When you uh, return to it, it's actually like this. It actually ends shorter than that, but that's, that's the idea. Versus the actual main riff is... The other part is kind of almost just a metal part if you take away the, the punk drumming behind it. But the And then the second time we play it, we just add the little harmonic scratch. And when we return to that at the very end of the song, I originally was going to have a third version of the riff that it morphed into, where the tail of it was actually incorporated into the repetition. But I thought it was a little too much. So um, when we come out of that fast part... I was going to do but I felt like that was a little too much and honestly maybe a little too metal so uh, I kept with the simplified version and just uh, uh, used those uh, scratch harmonics over the top of it Uh, yeah, that is the DFS method, the Sammy Warm Hands method to arranging a punk song. So, hope you guys liked it. I hope to one day redo the original Take 92 Tone School Volume 1, the bass tone episode, uh, and, and clarify some things and do some things a little bit differently. But I think if you listen to Peril and some of the other records I've made, uh, you'll know what I'm trying to say with the bass, the bass tone video. So thanks for checking out the show. If you like it, I'll probably be doing more, but uh, I can't promise how soon or how frequently uh, they'll be coming out. So, uh, you know, give me your feedback, share it, like it, all of that good shit. And tune into the Take 92 podcast if you want to hear interviews with uh, great punk musicians, producers, and uh, underground rap artists. So, that's the show. Thanks for checking it out.